Hey everyone, welcome back. Hope everyone had a great 4th of July weekend. Good to connect with you guys again on another episode of Changing the Field. Uh, before this one got going and I did the introduction, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for keeping up with this. Uh, the audience that has been listening, I appreciate so much your feedback. Uh, this has really been a pleasure for me. I really enjoy doing it. I really enjoy meeting new people, reconnecting with old teammates and stuff. It's been an absolute blast. So with that being said, my guest today is a former Division I and professional football player by way of Lakeland, Florida. Throw up the L. He's currently working in beer sales in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, this guy is an all-time great at the U.S. or at University of South Florida. Apologize. If I sat here and listed all of his accomplishments as a quarterback for the school and for the Big East Conference at the time, it would blow your head. It would take it would take hours. I mean, if you want to, after this is done, go ahead, Google his Wikipedia, check it out. The stats speak for themselves. Stu's a top cat when he was going to school there. Uh, from a teammate's perspective, I would go into battle any day of the week with this cat. Uh, I saw from the inside what a lot of people didn't get to see. I saw a dude that worked his butt off every day in every meeting and in every practice. Uh, his love for the game was incredible. You could see it in the passion in which he played with. It was a lot of fun wearing the green and gold with this dude. Uh, also, getting a chance to reconnect with him was so awesome. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome my guest today, Matt Grothy, to Changing the Field. Grothy, USF, great. What's going on, brother? Uh, another day, another dollar. Yeah. How you been, man? How you holding up? Good. Uh, you know, it's a little, it's a little odd right now with life, the way uh, this whole situation's going the last few months. But, but I can't complain. You know, still got a job, still doing, doing my thing. That's a blessing. Is your is your wife still able to work as well? You guys good with that? <clears throat> yeah, actually. Uh, we actually both work for the same company, so it kind of worked out that either we were both going to get, you know, canned, or we both weren't going to get canned. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been staying busy, and we we actually uh, we're actually blessed that my my little one's daycare decided to stay open the whole time too. So uh, it was a lot, and we you know thought we we're going to have to find you know other means of baby watching and. And thankfully, they stayed open for that, too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Me and my wife are actually trying to figure out a daycare for our future little one, man. And we're up in we're down in Brandon and uh, daycares are like booked out until May 2021. It's insane. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And they're and they're it's like a it's like a mortgage, man. So be prepared. Yeah. yeah they were saying like 900 bucks a month. I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. I'm going to have to sell a kidney or something. <laughs> So, uh, so first question I always ask all the athletes that come on the show is how did you first fall in love with football? How did you, how did you get acquainted with it? Um, 
big my mom and dad were big Dallas Cowboy fans still to this day. But growing up, uh, I, I guess I kind of was just born in that right time of uh, when I was young. The Cowboys were, you know, everybody's team. They were America's team. They were winning Super Bowls. They were going to the Super Bowl every year. Um, and I was a huge Emmitt Smith fan uh, up until I was seven years old and I had my first tryout to – you know, we, we you go through all the drills. You do the running stuff. You do the throwing stuff. You do the kicking stuff. And and the whole time to myself, I'm thinking, you know, I want to play running back. You know, I want to be like my idol and be like Emmett Smith. And and after the tryout, I had a coach come up to me and was like, Hey, um, I'm the head coach for the Junior Jaguars, and and I need a quarterback. Do you want to do you want to try to play that? And I had never really thought about it. And um, first game ever played. I thought it was uh, going to be a long football career for me. We lost 36 to nothing. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, and got our door, doors blown off. Little did we know that that would end up being, you know, the, the best team in the league that year. Um, we ended up playing them again later on in the year. We lost uh, 18 to nothing. So it was oh, like, yeah. hey, we, 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 cut it in, we cut it in half at least. Yeah. And then uh, we ended up getting a little better throughout the year and we went to the super bowl we ended up playing in them in the super bowl um and uh with five seconds left uh they had a running back that i ended up knowing for still know to this day named scooter five seconds left he broke one for 65 yards and it would have been to win the game it was six to six and uh they called it back for a holding call yes we go into overtime and uh, they score on the first play of overtime, but you know how it is when you're little kids. If you if you kick a if, if you kick a field goal or an extra point, it's two points. Right. It's you know it's it's backwards. And then if you run it in, it's, it's one. Well, uh, they decided to run it in, so you know they're up seven nothing in overtime. And then uh, we scored on fourth and one, and uh, we decided to kick the ball. And sh- sure as shit, it went right through and we drilled it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We, yeah, we won. Uh, uh, fourteen to fourteen to thirteen was the final in overtime. This was this was the first season you <clears throat> ever played football. <clears throat> ever played football, and it was wow. cool to see. You know, especially looking back on it now, to just know that you know that first game of the year, we get our you know our doors blown out, and then we ended up beating that same team that you know ran us off the field in the Super Bowl later on that year. And that's insane. And that, you guys had some legit coaching, man. <clears throat> Yeah, and we had some legit players, man. I uh um I had two running backs that that you know split time, uh BJ and Kenny. I'll never forget them. Uh, Kenny 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 Strong, his dad was actually the coach and and the one that wanted me to play quarterback. And uh I I'm sure if you Googled Kenny Strong and my name together, there'd be multiple articles that pop up where I bring him up because he was a big mentor for me when I was young and, and the way that I ended up saying, you know, I'm going to play quarterback my whole life. Right. So did you, first of all, I got to <clears> ask, cause now it's, it's clicking in my head. You said you were a Cowboys fan. Did you pick eight for Troy Aikman? No, actually um, my first year um, eight was, I think eight wasn't one of the numbers that was available. And for one reason or another, I, I ended up picking number five. And after that first year, um, 
that one big thing about my whole life is if something works, don't break it. So, Amen. um, I, uh, we won that Super Bowl that first year. We were in number five, and I was always number five my entire life until I got to high school. Freshman year, I was number five still. And then sophomore year, I got uh, – well, the end of my freshman year, after our JV season ended, I was one of the guys who got moved up to varsity. Well, I couldn't wear five because, weird as it seems, Scooter, who I just mentioned, what? was on – was a senior – or yeah, a senior on the on the varsity team, and he had number five. So uh, I took number eight. Um, got to play a little bit, you know, just like on special teams my freshman year, and then the next year, I was like, hey, um, you know, I got moved up as number eight, so I'm going to stick with number eight and never look back. Did you did you play any other sports as you were growing up? Because I remember. <clears throat> This is so crazy, but I remember I was just talking to my wife about this. We were having a convo. I think it was like my freshman season, and I came up to you and we were talking in the locker room, and you said that you had done like Taekwondo or something like yeah. that? Yeah, I, I actually um, – I'm a second-degree black belt in Taekwondo and then a, a first-degree first degree black belt in jiu-jitsu. So, yeah, wow. actually went to the, I went to the Junior Olympics uh, three years in a row. Uh, I was 12, 13, 14 years old. Went went throughout the country. Went to Des Moines, Iowa, one year. We went to uh, New Orleans one year, and then we went to uh, Kansas City, Missouri. How did you year. end up getting into that? <clears throat> I actually started doing that before I uh, I started playing football. I started Taekwondo when I was five, and then um, I was just growing up. Everybody always called me like Monkey Matt because I was just always jumping off things and doing stuff. So my mom wanted me to do something to expel some energy and then i ended up finding out i think that's kind of when i realized that i had some athletic ability in in myself because i was actually really good at it and um and then i wanted to want to play football played football um didn't really do anything else my entire life um i i uh after my senior season in high school you know baseball is always in the in the spring right. um a lot of my good friends were were baseball players and and they were going through kind of a lull time throughout the season where they had lost like six or seven in a row and the head coach come up to me and was like hey why don't you just be friends and i know they respect you and just to have some some you know new blood fresh face and just have fun and I was only, I only played baseball for a month, but man, I wish I would have done that from, from when I was six, seven years old, like I did with football, because that was one of the, the funnest months of my life, being there out there on the field with my buddies. What they have you playing? <clears throat> um, I actually hold the uh, all-time record for on-base percentage. and, yes. and Like, I only got two at-bats. I got hit with the first pitch I ever saw. <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one... Um, I don't know if you remember the name Jordan Schaefer, Mm-mm. but he is a, I'm pretty sure he's still playing in the, in the, in the bigs. Um, but he was a, a pitcher for Lake Wells at the time throwing gas, like 95, 96 and struck me out in three pitches. But I, uh, I, I, I always give my buddies a hard time that, Hey, I was on, I was on a, 
I was on the first base bag 500% of the time. So, right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with those results, guys. It's all statistics around here. Baseball is a game of stats, fellas. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah. so I imagine with you playing football so much, did you have any time? Did you have any other interests besides that? Or, or were you just fully locked in with football? Because you ended up having one of the most gnarly college football careers of anybody. Um, no, I mean, when I, uh, when I figured out that I was going to be pretty good at football going into high school, um, that's when I stopped doing Taekwondo and Jiu-Jitsu and put all my time into football. Um, I never really did anything. Uh, uh, obviously, you know, you know how it is in college. We had some downtime every now and again, and I ended up picking up golf and I'm a huge golfer nowadays, but, um, that's another, you know, sport that you, I wish I could have started earlier. Cause, yeah. cause, uh, I, I probably, if you ask my wife, I play it too much now. So <laughs> <laughs> as with all husbands, I imagine <laughs> that's awesome. So, so you, as you were coming out of high school, I remember you, I think I'd read an interview where a lot of people were recruiting you as a safety trying to come out like Penn state and so, and other teams like that. And then you ended up uh, choosing USF cause they wanted to give you a crack at quarterback, which right. held the decision by old Jim Levitt, you know, that ended up working out pretty well. So what, what was like that? What was that transition to college for you? Like, um, going off what you said though. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, Penn State, I had a recruiting visit up there, and they, you know, it was either safety or nothing. Um, and I have NC State wanted me to come in as a safety as well, and yada, yada, yada. And USF was right down the road. All my friends and family, I mean, you know, at the, you know, Lakeland's getting bigger nowadays, but back then, Lakeland was just a little small town, and, you know, almost everybody knows everybody. So um, I want to go somewhere close where I had a chance to play. <clears throat> um, and just try to try to make a school known, I guess, and make myself known. And um, I mean, I guess in the end, it kind of worked out for for both sides. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't have changed that for for the world. And and that all goes back to you know that first time I ever got asked to play quarterback after that first season when Kenny Strong. Oh, I told you that there's plenty of times where you know, the interviews and he was, I've mentioned him just because after that first season, he was like, you're a quarterback and don't let anybody ever tell you that you're not one. And I, you know, stuck with that. And that's what I want to do in college. How do you feel looking back on college? You feel like you made the right decision or is there some stuff that you wish you could go back and change with it? No, not, not at all. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm glad I did. You know, stuck with playing quarterback. Um, I'm glad. I w- I'm very glad I went to USF. It was, you know, obviously your college career is one of the biggest times of your life, and uh, you know, learned a lot, had a lot of fun, and did a lot of things that, <clears throat> you know, part of history when it comes to USF. You know. Yeah college football as well on like a greater scale than that. I mean, you were like breaking all kinds of records and stuff. What was like, what was like the decision to retire for you? Like then, like when, when was that made? Did you get an opportunity to play any professional ball? I can't remember. <clears throat> well, obviously I, you know, you know that I tore my ACL my, my senior year. Um, 
and then rehab was was uh was not fun just yeah. like any injury um ended up you know getting a, a tryout with the bucks and was there for you know, two or three weeks got released um was with the tuskers for the last part of their season and then that league never came back so i went up to canada and played up in canada for two years froze my butt off in toronto um and i did not like football up there the football is completely different style yeah. and and even the football it's a bigger it's huge it's like throwing a basketball um it's like a rugby ball <clears throat> yeah it's short and fat and um so i came down and played arena for a year and a half um and then was kind of in that process of do i want to keep trying to play or do i want to go get me a a, a, a real nine to five, you know, big boy job. And, and, uh, I think, you know, if you, if you believe in God or if you believe in, in anything, whatever you believe in, I think I got my, uh, that, that, I think I got God's attention. I was out, um, about a month before the next season was going to start and, uh, was out playing around, you know, throwing the ball around and tore my Achilles. And oh. uh, when I tore it, I was like, okay, that's definitely a sign that that I'm done. So I hung him up and was like, all right. And the first year was kind of rough, um, you know, because you've been doing it your whole life. But after, you know, watching one season go by, I was like, I'm glad I made the decision. You know, glad I'm. it's nice not taking that toll on your body anymore. And then... <laughs> Funny thing is, a year and a half later, I tore my other Achilles too. So, <laughs> how'd you do that? <laughs> uh, playing flag football out at Skyway Park. And oh my God! Tore, yeah, so I tore both my Achilles in a in a year and a half span, and it's kind of like, well, that's it, no more. I gotta. When we're done with this, I gotta send you a video, man. I thought I was all done getting all my injuries in college, and I was actually calling plays for my old high school and not paying attention to the play that was going on. And I was signaling in the next play to my quarterback and got hit, blew my knee out on the sideline, bro. Yeah, I got to send you the video. No. <laughs> yeah, it was awful, man. <laughs> so this is, it's bringing up memories for me as well, man. That's wild. When, when you were playing, did you have any kind of inkling of like what you wanted to do when you were done? Or were you just going to kind of lean back on your degree and, and figure it out? Um. Not really. I mean, I, I always wanted to do something in either the, it's funny how I wanted to do something and I didn't end up going this path, but I want to get criminology degree. Cause I always thought, you know, you know, how it, when we would, those two weeks of hell right before the season starts, we'd always have people come in and talk to us. Well, I always thought when the FBI dude came in, it was always the coolest night of the, of, of camp. And, uh, it kind of was like, yeah, this is kind of what I want to do. Um, so I got a, a criminology degree and then I had a minor in math. And um, when I was done at first playing, um, I kind of was just looking around and then uh, substitute teaching math on the side, uh, doing all that. And then my wife got this beer job working for Miller Coors and I thought it was the coolest job in the world. So, um, and then all her friends that she had met and stuff, um, 
all became you know close friends with me as well and then uh there was a a, a positioning open for jj taylor which is the distributor that distributes miller core so i jumped on there and i've been doing that for almost eight years now i i love it i mean i sell beer for a living so it's kind of cool yeah when i heard when i was reading that that's what you were doing nowadays i was like man that that dude it's not lucky or anything like that because you definitely deserve everything you get bro but you you really you lucked into that one man because it's like <laughs> i can't imagine how how wrecked my life would be if i was that involved with beer all the time <laughs> I don't no, know. my I wife would be like i don't know man i don't know so, it's definitely it's definitely yeah uh, it's definitely different i mean it's it's always around it's my kid's gonna grow up in a beer family so you'll be seeing it too so so with with the beer sales and stuff like that what what exactly do you do for work do you do you go to different like like restaurants and stuff or or how does that work yeah so there's like there's a couple different sides of the business uh there's c store which takes care of like gas stations and all that um there's off-premise that's Publix, walmarts you know walgreens all that stuff and then there's on-premise that uh, what I'm part of. So yeah, we take care of bars and restaurants, uh, golf courses, uh, race tracks, you know, horse tracks, whatever, casino. Um, but uh, the, the last you know last three months have been kind of difficult with all that because obviously bars and restaurants been closed. So at the same time, though the the grocery side of things been crazy. So they've been having us help out with them. And, uh, you know, luckily we just went back to helping out restaurants and bars again, two weeks ago. And I'm, I'm definitely glad to be back on my side of the business. Yeah, I bet. So how did you, you mentioned that you did a little substitute teaching. I would have imagined Matt Grothy would have got into coaching in some kind of way. Did you ever dip your toe into that? I did. Um, I actually took a, uh, a quarterback coach job because I was kind of lucked into it. One of my old high schools um, down the street from one, uh, one of our rivals, actually George Jenkins high school uh, mm-hmm. had a, had just had let go of everybody. And um, the new coach came in and knew that, that I was going to be uh, doing a full-time substitute job there for the whole semester, the whole fall semester. Cause it was a, a teacher out that was uh that just gave you know had had a child gave birth so he was like hey you're here every day you know you want to coach and and i loved it i mean and i thought i was pretty good at it but just if i was going to do it i wanted to do it in either the college or professional ranking and i I don't know. Maybe it's selfish to myself and not selfish enough to myself. I don't know how to put it, but I didn't want my kids to grow up knowing that they could possibly have to move to a different state or a different area of the country any year. Cause I mean, you know how it is college yeah. coaches come and go all the time. And, and I love growing up in a small town in Lakeland and I want my kid to, be able to grow up with all her close friends too. So that's, that's kind of the biggest reason why I never, never wanted to jump fully into coaching. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's so crazy too, because it's like a lot of jobs are, are dictated on, on how good you are as an individual. But I mean, even in our short careers in college, we saw so many talented coaches have to have to pick up and go with all their stuff, all their kids and their family and stuff for, for a lot of times stuff that didn't have anything to do with them. Like right. one guy that I can remember is yeah, uh, it's definitely Chico crazy. Canales, that, that man. Played a big, big role on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like coach, coach Canales, man. I think he was like one of the best OCs ever come through USF. And now, you know, he's doing his own thing and he's still, he's still wrecking the game and stuff, but I was like shocked, you know, when they kind of cleared out all those guys, that was pretty gnarly. But uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, especially when we were doing things that had never been done in the in the school's history, and then all of a sudden everybody's gone. It's, yeah, it's definitely shocking. Yeah. How would you? How much of your identity would you say was was wrapped up? Like, how much of your like self confidence and stuff was wrapped up in being a football player? Because I know for me, man, I I, I never anticipated when I was done with it that I would be like you know having to search for things to kind of to to kind of drill that confidence back and and to feel like that success in other areas of my life how much of that was like tied up with your life imagine a ton yeah yes and no um I don't know I sometimes I feel like I have an issue with when it comes to the way I operate sometimes. Um, but I also kind of, I, it's funny. I, I remember the day to where I kind of got that. I don't care type of attitude. Um, but we were, uh, it was the state semifinals my junior year and I was sicker than I was really sick. Um, and it was actually at the hospital like the day before we were supposed to go up to, um, and, and play and uh, didn't know if I was even going to play in the game. And I ended up playing in the game and ended up having like the best game of my career in high school. And, and it was kind of like, man, I didn't want to be out here. So I just kind of went that, you know, give it your all and, and no, you know, no cares in the world type attitude. And ever since then, I kind of just have always played football that way. I never really used to get nervous at all, even in big games. It was just always, especially in college. I, I remember when we ran out of the tunnel playing against West Virginia and that whole stadium was completely full. And, and I don't, I don't ever remember being nervous about that game. I just want to go out there and have fun and, and play some football. And, and I think that's kind of how I live my life now too, to a certain extent where, you know, if something's not going to work out, I'll, I'll make myself find something that'll work out, you know? Yeah. That's insane that you say that you weren't nervous for that, man. Because uh, that was the one at, at Raymond James. It was like 2007, right after we upset Auburn. Yeah. I was at that game as a recruit. And I remember being on the field before the game. And if for anyone that's never been to a game at Ray J when it's packed, you could literally see the grass vibrating with the with the beat of the crowd. And it was like, I was nervous. I didn't even have pads on. I was there with like a sweatshirt on. Like I had nothing to do with anything and was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen. And for you to be a starting quarterback and feel that just goes to show you though, man, like your coach coach strong back in the day, he must've seen something in you where it's like, I just got a stone cold killer out here at quarterback. 
and you know maybe maybe you know didn't have the the pain manning arm or, or this or that but just a dude that just made it happen like just made it happen when when the shit was kind of hitting the fan like that's what for for me that's how i remember your whole career and when you mentioned you know the acl tear man i remember that was like that was like one of the biggest heartbreaking moments that i had ever seen on a football field, like the whole crowd just went dead silent, man. And we just couldn't believe like being in football is just such a gnarly, gnarly venture, man. How, how did you deal with that? Like mentally, like being so high up and then, you know, kind of, kind of taking one. It, it was, uh, it, it, it was tough. That I, it, that was probably one of the toughest days of my life, um, if not the toughest, um, just for the simple fact of, you know, it, that's the whole world stopped turning for me, um, you know, especially it being my senior year. Um, but, the you know, the weird thing is, I don't know if you've ever heard this story. It, at the end of the day, it was, it was my fault um, in a big way for, for the injury happening. Uh, so I remember it was, it was like 11 minutes and 24 seconds left in the second quarter. Um, and we were up 28 to nothing already. And or we were up 21 to nothing. We scored a touchdown to go up 28 to nothing. And when I came off, <clears throat> um, I remember getting on the phone with Coach Canales and him saying, hey, I just got done talking to Jim. I think we're going to pull you for the rest of the game because we have Florida State the next week and he just wanted me to be ready for that. And uh, – being selfish, um, I wanted one more. I told him I wanted one more series to go in there just to just to make sure that I'm ready for next week. And it was the very next play when everything happened. That's so insane! How yeah, I, it's crazy because I kind of have uh, a similar deal. Not the first time I blew my knee out, but the second one, my right knee. We were doing. Uh, and you said before, you know, God kind of works in, in weird ways. Sometimes we were, uh, we were doing like summer conditioning and it just went raining. And I don't know if you were there when we had those new turf fields at USF put in. And I just, uh, no, just, that was, I think that was the very next season they put right. In. They should have a number eight on the side by now, but, <laughs> but I remember I had just rehabbed my left knee blew it out before the bowl game and in rehab, they got myself all the way back, best shape of my life. And I was out there running routes and one-on-ones and BJ was throwing to us and stuff. And then I don't know if you remember him, but Andreas Shields, I was actually competing with him for a starting job. And he looked at me and I was having like the best day ever catching balls, scoring touchdowns, like something I was like, you know me, I was pretty slow back in the day, but I had worked myself up to kind of getting back in. And Shields looked at me and he was like, you should probably call it, bro. Like, like today, man, you've had a hell of a day and you're like all the way back with your rehab, man. You should probably call it. And I was like, now I'm looking at him like he's a competitor of mine. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to let him get a, a one up in anything on me. So I went back out, ran the next, the very next route and blew everything in my knee out. And it was just like, just being like you said, man, you think it's a selfish thing, but it's really it's just being a dog, man. You're just competitive. Yeah. You don't, if you got an opportunity to play, you want to play, but it's crazy to hear that you went through that too. And like, I don't know, sometimes maybe whoever hears this, man, whoever hears this, just if someone tells you to give it a rap, you know, think about it. <laughs> yeah. Cause you never, you never know. And, and it's funny, you know, 
I'm sure you remember it too growing up. You always hear, you know, play this next down like it's your last one because you never know. And and yeah. it, it really hits hard when you actually are part of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So who, when you finally made the decision to retire after playing in Canada and the Arena League and all that kind of stuff, who was who was the first person that you told? Um, my wife. Uh, she was girlfriend at the time, and uh, just knew I was done and told her. And, and actually, she probably knew it the day that that uh, I tore my first Achilles because she didn't want me playing out there. I, when I tore my first one, I was playing flag football with some buddies uh, in like a, a World of Beer League down the road from where we lived. And um, she was like, you better not get hurt out there. And I was like, I won't, I won't. And I called her. And I remember her saying, not believing me at first that I was as hurt as I was. But when, I, when she showed up, and luckily I was uh, pretty close with uh, the the team doctor at the time at the Tampa Bay Storm, and I called him. You know, hey, I need to get in. He was like, I'm actually, you know, passing Skyway Park right now. So he pulled in, and when my wife showed up, he was already there, and he was like, Yeah, you're you definitely tore your your Achilles completely. You could see a golf ball up in like my calf or whatever. So that was uh that was kind of the the moment. And I think on the ride home, I was like, I'm. I'm definitely done playing football, babe. So, yeah. Do you still, uh, so after all these injuries and stuff like that, have you found a way to, to stay physically active? Do you do anything nowadays to kind of, I know you mentioned you did jujitsu. Are you still doing anything? Um, nothing like that. You know, obviously I, I play a lot of golf and, and try to get my competitive spirit out that way. Um, and I, and I do actually, I train a couple of kids on the side quarterback wise, um, you know, it's from time to time, once or twice a month, just to, just to kind of help out. And a couple of people have reached out to me over the years and, you know, said, Hey, I got to, you know, my son, I think, you know, everybody wants their son with their quarterback at one point or another. So I've had some people reach out to me and, and say that, uh, you know, Hey, you mind training my kid for, you know, X amount of time and whatnot. So that's kind of been, in the last five, six years I've done that. I've probably trained 15 or 20 different kids over the last six years and have one one or two that I still see nowadays uh, that that are freshman year of high school. Um, I've done a couple of younger kids, which is difficult because it, when you're that young, that there's not a lot you can really work with with somebody, you know, because yeah. you're like, your arm strength is 15 yards. So you don't even know if you can throw the ball yet, really. It's just, yeah. it's just, it's just basically getting that competitive spirit and getting your mental game up when you're that young, you know. So what, what would you tell uh, a young kid out there that's listening to this podcast about playing quarterback? If they're, you know, say, say 10, 11, 12 in that area, what would you say? would be like some of the most important things coming from Matt Grothy. Um, biggest thing for me. And I, and I, and I think I've probably learned this not more so teaching these kids over the last five, six, seven years. Um, you got to be headstrong more than anything. You don't have to be an all world athlete. And cause I mean, some of the best quarterbacks of all time, I mean, Tom Brady, that dude looked like a rope when he came out of, out of college, he was just a, a, a sloppy looking quarterback, but he has that, 
that mentality. And that's, that's the number one thing. If you want to play quarterback, don't let anybody tell you you can't and work harder than anybody else. And, and, and if you make a mistake, brush it off. Uh, That's you can never let the past get in your head. If you're going to ever succeed in probably anything in life. Yeah. Has Tom called you personally yet to ask you about Tampa? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I'll tell you what, it was, uh, it's funny. What two weeks ago when he got kicked out of the he was, the park? Yeah, the park. Yeah, like, the park. How you, yeah. How do, you, how do you kick Tom Brady out of a park, especially there by himself? Yeah, I could imagine, man. If he's out there working out, I, I just can't imagine being the guy that kicks Tom Brady out of the park. Like, right? I would just go watch him and see, like, what is he yeah, doing? I like, I would have just, just sat there and watched. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's too funny. What's the what's the goat out there working on right now? So are yeah. you are you still in contact with any like coaches or or staff or former players or or anything like that? Yeah, I still talk to you know, especially a lot of the guys that were in like my class. Um, you know, whenever especially during football season, um, I reach out to a lot of guys. You know, seeing who's coming to town. You know, everybody's kind of all over the place where they live or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still some guys that live around here. I talked to, I know you had catch along. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I, I, I talked to catch quite a bit. Talked to Busby still quite a bit. Um, actually talked to Grant quite a bit too. He's, he, he got in the golf uh, a year or so ago and he's actually doing really good with that. So uh, speak with him coach wise. Um, I'll always reach out now and again to coach Levitt and just say, you know, hope everything's going well for you. Um, Coach Canales, probably I talked to him more than anybody. Mm-hmm. Very so. cool. How, what would you say was like the biggest thing that helped you during that, that transition out of the game? Like, was, was it family? Was it like a support system? Was it, was it staying active? Cause I know a lot of different people say a lot of different things about what helped them. Um, honestly, I think I, I actually, I enjoyed not having to worry about football every day. Yeah. That, I mean, I it was my whole life. So coming out and then even even when I was you know doing the substitute teaching, I was worried about worried about football because I was coaching it after school was over. And yeah. then once I finally got that opportunity to get into the beer business, it was like you know, and like you said earlier, yeah, maybe I did luck out and I have. You know, I love my job, but um, I think that helped a lot. Was just that, like, hey, I, I I sell beer for a living. This is this is this is a lot easier to do than it was to play football. Yeah, that's awesome, man. So, would you would you say overall, like your your retirement from football was obviously a more positive experience then because it kind of lifted. It sounds like a lot of the gravity just kind of lifted off of you. So what would, what would be something that you would tell a young athlete that's kind of going through the same transition? Um, just do what your heart wants, man. Uh, if, if you don't think you're done yet, go for it. Um, and if you do, uh, just, just know that, hope, you know, hopefully you have that support system around you that, that can help you with that. Um, get all the negative energy out of your life and, and have people around you that are going to have your best interest 
um, for what you, the decision that you want to make. So what's the next step for Matt Grothy? What are you, what are you thinking about? I know you're raising your kids, you're a family man now, are your kids playing sports? Are you pushing them in that direction? Um, just one kid for now. Um, going to be working on, on at least one more over <laughs> the next, you know, timetable of life. Um, but no, I have a three year, three and a half year old daughter who, and the crazy thing is everybody was like, Oh, you gotta have a boy. You gotta have a boy. You gotta have a boy. But, um, I was the oldest of three boys. And I was, I remember growing up, I always telling my mom and I wanted a sister growing up. And it took me years to realize when she would say that's not physically possible anymore to understand what she was talking about. But, um, right. but I ended up getting my, I wanted a daughter and I got my daughter uh, and she's, probably i'm i got exactly what i what i was as a kid i was a crazy kid that doesn't know how to stop running around and the exact same way but yeah we're, we're definitely gonna try to you know expand the family make it bigger and and uh she she's gonna be a little athlete of her own she she, she likes coming to golf with me well I'll, every now and again when i get done with work at a decent hour especially during this time when the sun doesn't go down till eight o'clock yeah. I'll go pick her up from, from daycare sometimes and we'll go ride around and she has her alone little putter. So when we get up on the putting green, she'll just start putting her ball into the hole and watching me play. So she's my, uh, she's my little, she's my little girl that is always with me. That's awesome. So if you have a son with the next one, are you going to let him play football? Um, I mean, if he wants to, um, I'm not going to say no. Um, in a perfect world, I'd get him into golf, but yeah, it, that's uh, I think that's kind of the way to go nowadays. If you can start him r- right and start him young enough, um, you know the the life span of golf is you know 60, 70 years old now. So you can do that literally your whole life if you wanted to. Yeah, and make the big paychecks too. Get the big yeah. checks and no <laughs> ACL tears. Hopefully. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's still Tiger still blew his back out in his knee, though. That's just because you should yeah. kind of torque that that guy's putting on the ball. Yeah. So, was was there any any kind of like uh, like psychological help or or physical help or any kind of like stuff that you had in the transition that you like reached back for from like USF or or any of the teams you played for? Or did you pretty much just kind of lone wolf it? Pretty much just lone wolf. It had my had my uh, you know the closest people to me around me. Uh, you know my, my wife, um, mom and dad, and just close friends. It was a believe it or not, it was a lot easier for me to get to when I like you were saying earlier. It seems like that I was when I was done, I was done, and I was I was I was content with it. And uh, it was definitely weird the first year not ever having to worry about waking up and going to football practice at any time of the year. But, um, but you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't regret anything and I'm glad I'm doing what I'm doing now. So. So if you could go back, so as we kind of wrap this thing up, got a couple more questions. If you could go back and, and talk to 18, 19 year old Matt Grothy, would you tell him, I mean, I know I, I kind of covered this before, but would you tell him to kind of change anything or would you tell him to just hit the gas pedal and roll? Um, you know, that's funny you asked that. Cause, uh, 
actually think about that all the time. Like, what would I do different if I go back? Obviously, it's it's not possible, but um, but but if I could, there was definitely maybe not ways that I attacked the game or the way I played it, but I would probably be <laughs> uh, would go back certain times of uh, games or seasons and be like, hey, dummy, don't do this during this time. <laughs> Yeah, that's hard to say though man because you're you're running and gunning the way you played man it was just it was so it seemed like it was so much off a feel you know everything was like you knew your reason you knew where to go with the football but it seemed like everything was just so instinctual the way you played so it's hard to I know I know what you're saying though man about going back every every I bet there's a pick or one or or two that you think about or is there any specific play that you think about in your head still uh yeah actually um west virginia uh 2008 when we were playing them up there and it was mm-hmm. snowing and um if uh if we win that game we we split the conference and win the conference championship and i remember i had aj love running right down the middle wide open nobody around him, and i just threw one of the worst balls of my life and missed them and he would have walked into the end zone. And it was late in the game, like three minutes left. Uh, we ended up losing that game by like three points. And I'm pretty sure if I would just connected there, that's probably one of the biggest ones for me yeah. that I can remember. Yeah, uh, well, you still clipped them when they were number five in the country, though. So <laughs> I'm sure they'd like a couple of those touchdowns back as well. Maybe yeah, snag that sure. kickback from Ben Moffat as well. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck to you. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, as we kind of wrap this thing up, man, uh, first of all, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I know, you know, just to have a have a dude of your caliber. I was mentioning earlier, man, before we even started recording this thing, just to have a dude like you on willing to talk about this kind of thing and hop in this conversation, you know, kind of makes it for for dudes like me and for for other people that didn't have the career that you did it just makes it it makes it so much more relatable to know that you know you kind of went through some of the stuff that you went through and it, it makes it you know it's hard probably hard for you to see it like this but you know the other guys it makes it more relatable like it's like damn like he went through some of the stuff i went through and like it makes it you know a little bit takes a little bit of that weight off your chest i guess you would say but uh, no, again, no. man, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and spending the time. Is there anything else you want to add or is there anything else you want to throw out there? Um, well, I, for one, I appreciate it, man. Um, I think this is awesome what you're doing and, and uh, I'll, I'll keep listening to, to everybody else you have on here and wish the best of luck to you. And, and, and hopefully one day you'll be like, man, remember when I had Matt, Matt on and I thought that was my, my first big one <laughs> and soon you'll be having Brady on and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I'm looking forward to the season. I know that, uh, I feel like this last few months is really, uh, with no sports, man, it, it makes you miss the little things in life. So, uh, yeah. with the whole new trans, you know, transition period going into this season, I think this could be a big, big season for, uh, for our old alma mater, for sure. What do you think about the new coaching staff? I, I actually have a, a ton of respect for Coach Scott. Um, the day after he got hired, he gave me a call. 
Wow. I was just like, yeah. I was like, for one, how, how did you get my number? And two, um, <laughs> uh, two, uh, you know, just uh, he just wanted to reach out to some ex-alumni that he knew was, you know, still in the area or whatnot. And, and uh, just wanted to, you know, say thank you for, you know, tr- please trust in me. Um, and just wanted to thank, basically thank me for being a, an alumni and, and supporting the team. And I thought it was pretty cool for him to just, especially the day after, you know, you, you just lost the national championship yeah. to, to, to not even worry about yourself. You're worried about getting, reaching out to, you know, ex players and, and people in the community already. I don't know if other people get this feeling or not, but it feels like it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but it feels like big time has arrived to USF. It feels like they're operating on a totally different level. And I've had the opportunity to talk to, uh, as these episodes kind of come out, I had the associate athletic director, uh, the head of like the Leroy Selman mentorship program on the podcast. And she was riffing on it. And she was saying this whole, this coaching staff is, is in it, man. And they're all about, you know, player success, not only in the program, but people outside and welcoming people back, like you said. So it's awesome to hear, you know, they're, they're reconnecting with you and, and trying to get all the alumni back on board. That's dope, man. Yeah, it's definitely like, obviously since my time's done, I've seen what four coaches now, I think. Um, and this is definitely the first time where it's actually, like you said, like felt like they, they come in, giving a shit about everything from day one yeah. not having not having to buy into the program before they actually show that they do care so i'm i'm really looking forward to it for sure yeah it's almost like we it's almost like with every new coach that we had we kind of had to like win them over you know what I'm yeah. saying? like we like our school had to prove something to you for you to give it back but now it's like like you said man that's an interesting point they're just they're off and running. I and I know they're like already doing like Zoom conferences with the, like alumni and stuff, and like they're reaching yeah. out. It's like I'm I'm super excited, man. I can't wait till they start throwing the pads back on. I'm like hoping and praying that we could actually get in the stadium and check it out, and like you know, hopefully, you know, with the way Florida is though, they got UFC fights on. So Florida's <laughs> Florida's about that life, bro. They're gonna let us in and. We're gonna rage. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope so, man. Because I'm, I'm, like you said, I'm, this is gonna be a, a big, big, big turning point year for USF. I, I have a strong feeling about that. So, very cool. So that's all we grow for this one, man. I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and spending some time. I know you're super busy with with the fam and stuff like that. But thank you again, bro. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Anytime. I enjoyed it. All right. I'll talk to you later, man. Peace. All right, brother. Say it. Thank you all again for tuning in this episode of the podcast. Thank you to my guest, Matt, for giving us all some great insight to his journey. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe to this show and join the conversation on Facebook and Twitter. I also got a website up, kind of working on that. That's it for this one. And until next time, go do something good for someone. Peace.